On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, we talk Badger basketball. What a week. Loss, win, what's next? We also have a little bit of football talk because we miss it so much. What else is going on around college basketball? It was NBA All-Star Weekend. So exciting. We had so much fun watching it that we just had to talk about it. What we're looking for in the second half of the NBA season and also America's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. All right, let's start the show. We're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. And Casey, how are we doing? Well, we are doing well, hanging in there. Uh, had a, a pretty good weekend uh, on myself. A uh, certain computer game that I play had a new expansion come out, so I spent far too much time doing that and shirking my other responsibilities, so that was wonderful. Um, the... Uh, company was nice enough to release it on valentine's day nice uh, so while i you know didn't fire it up and start playing it right on on valentine's day but to say that it was in ba- the back of my head would be an understatement uh, on that but i did my you know husbandly duties i guess and uh was at least presently there for valentine's day how are you marlo i am doing all right i didn't have such a <laughs> a fruitful Valentine's Day as you did. I was I was on the road, as they say, mm. in the biz. Uh, just had a conference all weekend. Just getting back is the reason why we're coming to you a little late this week. But I am here now. I am of sound mind and body and ready to get this thing rolling. Yeah, I, I should say that, uh, I guess, one of the highlights of my Valentine's Day, I don't know who does the NFL memes account, but it was on fire on Valentine's Day. And I especially <laughs> loved... The Parky Valentine's Days uh, cards. Did you see these, Marlo? I did not see them. <clears throat> All right. Well, since you missed them, let me I, let me share. I can't at believe least, you held out on this. At, <laughs> at least two. All right. First one is: I won't let any post get in the way of our love. Oh my God! Is this fa- his faces on these? Oh yeah, this, verbal memes. This, this one is just like his like profile picture of like the team. Like he has the jersey on and he's smiling at the camera. All right. The next one is him. It, uh, he's looking a little disappointed. Might have just hit the post on a field goal. And his uh, and the Valentine reads, "Girl, you must be an upright, because I'm gonna hit it." <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. That made my Valentine's Day so alive. savage. Yeah, brutal. Uh, there were other great ones uh, out there, but uh, that one was. Those were the best for me. I got at least that I got the most enjoyment on. Um, anyway. Just that goes will. to show you, NFL, always king, even in the offseason. Yeah, even in the, in the memes. Uh, all right, <laughs> enough of that. Let's go ahead and uh, get started with some Badger basketball, Marl. Badger basketball. <clears throat> we had two games this week, Michigan and Illinois. Should we start, or Michigan State, excuse me. Should we start yep. with Michigan State? Yeah, let's start there. Let's go chronologically on this. So played Michigan State uh, earlier in the week. Losing sixty-seven to fifty-nine, uh, Marla. I don't know what your expectations were going into this game. Uh, you know, I woke up, went through the day, was thinking how it wasn't going to be a good matchup. Yada yada. I'll talk about that more. Come game time, I was feeling pretty hopeful. I had my concerns, and more or less every concern I had came to fruition um, with Michigan State getting a bunch of easy runouts early. Uh, them. The referees letting them bang inside uh, the inside-out game with Ward uh, down low and Winston at all on the outside. Uh, we weren't really able to stop any of that. And as uh, I mentioned, all my my fears, my worries, my nightmares came to fruition in this game. And Michigan State pulled it out. Yeah, I think yeah, I kept thinking about Winston having a good game because you had mentioned that last time. Mm-hmm. Every time he shoot the ball up or drive the hole or whatever he's doing, I just kept wondering, how does this shot go in and why does it always go in against us? Yeah. 
It's um, no, it's one of the less pretty shots. Yeah, that I've seen. yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and then the the battle down low, they were letting them play, which I, I mean, you could say it goes either way, but I think in, in this this matchup, it favored Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I would say. I think uh, with it, that style of play. Yeah, that's kind of the the bruiser get the offensive rebounds, move people out of their way. That's the way that they rebound and defend. And I think you know the tone gets set early in, in games with them. Either that's going to be allowed or it's not uh, going to be allowed. And in this game, it to me it, it seemed like it was allowed. Yeah, absolutely. So, but the the game, you know, for the most part, it was a bit. They did Michigan State did run out early. Badgers come back, um, made it a game pretty much until the end there, down yeah. the stretch. Yeah. Um it was a yeah, it was a two it was a one possession game and then all of a sudden we just decided to stop playing. Yeah, with five twenty one left, at Davison made a free throw to uh, make the score fifty seven fifty six Michigan State. Uh Wisconsin would not score again until Davison hit a three pointer in meaningless time with thirty seconds left. So almost five minutes of not scoring uh down the stretch. Uh Hap was shook uh, for missing free throws. He went 0 for six in the game. Trice was more or less invisible uh throughout the game. Uh Davison was overcompensating, trying to take on his defenders in impossible situations. Uh the bench which showed up in the first half that was uh you know something I was kind of looking forward to continuing in the second half. They were invisible in the second half and it all kind of peaked in this this five minute, almost five minute stretch where we scored literally zero points. Yeah, you talk about the bench points in the first half. Like Pritzel had a pretty good uh first half. Yeah, he had a nice little kind of five five oh run by himself. Yeah. Uh, and could dunk. Didn't know. Yeah. Didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Pritzel Pritzel could dunk. Reavers had some flashes. Um I think they since that wasn't the first half, they kept throwing around a stat about how the Badger score the bench scores at least eleven points that yeah. we win. Yeah. Well, thanks for jinxing that one. Yeah, Appreciate totally it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh but a quick side note, Dan Dockich on the call made a made a, a wild statement calling Reavers is gonna be the next Kaminsky. Ooh. Did you catch that one? Mm, I did not. Yeah, he was he was ranching and raving, uh how good Reavers was as only Dan Dockich can. Yeah. And he was just coining him out gonna be he's gonna be the next Kaminsky. Yeah. It actually yeah. gave Kaminsky props, which you know, him and Dan don't have the best history, but oh, okay. thought it was surprising. Okay. Yeah, Reavers actually had, I mean, all things considered, had a pretty good stat line at least. Um, although he does does feel like he kind of comes in and out of games uh, as he did uh, tonight against Illinois, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, it was a very frustrating stretch. Um, and I think we, and maybe we'll talk, talk about this again in the Illinois game. Maybe there's a, gif, a different approach now. Um, but it just seemed like we weren't executing. We've kind of, I, I think I said, tweeted out during the game that we lost our identity at the end of that game yeah um or maybe michigan state forced us out of it but just some something was missing there and it was very disheartening uh finish to the game but marlo i do have uh a a homer take if you're ready. okay casey's homer take yeah or or was this casey's excuses what do we call it i don't it doesn't matter here it is uh <laughs> you know marlo i think that this is just a matchup loss i know no matter how you look at it michigan state just a tough matchup they're one of the few teams that can guard hap one-on-one that mm-hmm. you know, they can keep him away from the basket well enough. Uh, he did have twenty points, but he went ten for twenty, and as I mentioned, over six from the free throw line. Uh, but they can single him and keep um, you know their spacing on their defense well enough that it's just you know it's just a tough matchup, Marlon. That's that's all it really comes down to. So what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so why, why even play the game? Yeah, tough tough matchup. Blocks. Tough tough matchup. We alluded to it before that it was going to be a tough matchup because they did have the. Uh, the, the athletic bigs, the big athletic bigs that could, like you say, go one and one with, with Hap, and that was, I mean, yeah, it's kind of. I didn't realize Hap had twenty two in the game. It did. It seemed like a quiet twenty two, but, um, yeah, I think it just contested down to some of those the, the uh, the other role players just not you know really like doing right. their part like you, and then Davison overcompensating, which kind of led to some bad turnovers, yep. some good. other. Uh, breakout plays that you know was ultimately the the demise. Yeah. Uh, well, you on a 
Announcer note: You mentioned Dan Dockage, um, yeah, making a reference. They at one point threw to the studio, and this was this was during the LSU Kentucky game, yeah, where uh, L- well, I don't even know how, how it ended. Uh, it looked like Kentucky should have not been called for goaltending, and was called for goaltending. It doesn't matter. Whatever. There was a reviewable play that they couldn't review because the rule says you can't review if there was goaltending or not on the play. Yeah, um, and Jay threw to Jay Williams and. Um, he says that it was like a player getting their foot down in the end zone and not being able to review that. And which sure, fine, but there's a much more clear and obvious example very close to the LSU fans that's not reviewable that should be a clear pass interference call. Which was a much better analogy and would have pissed off LSU fans who were just celebrating their victory. <laughs> oh, but I thought that was a missed opportunity. Anyway, uh, tough loss to Michigan State. Um, I, I think we're kind of seeing uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, we went into these games. I think looking back uh, a week ago, you, know, you said we had to go two and one in these. I said we had to go one yeah. and two. Just kind of, yeah. I think we we're split on our expectations, and we kind of saw. Looking at it now, Wisconsin's not a Big Ten title contender. Uh, more, I think this stretch kind of kind of showed that. Um, which I think is where you were kind of leaning towards when you said had to go two and one. Uh, yeah. But with, I don't want to say this Michigan State was a good loss. It's not a good loss uh, given the game stat, but two, I'll say understandable losses to the Michigan teams. If you would have told me going into the this that we lost those two games, I'd be like, yeah, that, that sounds right. Um, so I don't know that leaves us with that, but I just wanted to kind of touch base on our different expectations. Yeah, well, I mean, once the once the game was over for Michigan State, I, that's the sentiment I came back down to earth with, after yeah. being upset uh, of the way we lost and the second loss of the Rose after the Michigan loss, and yeah, it just kind of took out the the underbelly fire that we could sneak up and maybe you know contend for that big regular season Big Ten title, and just realized like, all right, well. You know, maybe we'll be a you know five six seed, something like that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we get maybe we'll get a, a win in the tournament, and that will be that will be a success. That'll be a successful season at this point. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned coming off those those two losses. When I was kind of looking ahead to it, I kind of you know if I'm I'm honest, kind of penciled in in as losses, but I mm-hmm. didn't realize how much pressure that would put on today's game against Illinois, hosting Illinois. Yeah, um, I just i i don't know i maybe i was um being optimistic about how easy this game would have been but it was anything but easy um with wisconsin coming out with the win but it was a tough win winning 64 to 58 uh at the Cole center as i mentioned um i guess the headline here was uh ethan hap i don't know if you want to say continuing to struggle um or if it was just this game but he finished with uh, just six points. So the second time this year, coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, but uh, the other one was uh, time he was held under ten points was against Illinois. Illinois um, finishes with six points, uh, three rebounds, three for seven from the field, zero for three again from the free throw line. So last two games, zero for nine. Ugh, not good. Uh, I, I don't know. Is it time to push the panic button on? Ethan Happ, or are we just seeing a a, a a lull in the season form? Let's, uh, we're my, my panic meter. Yeah. I think panic meter. Panic meter. Panic meter for Ethan Happ. Uh, it's in the middle. I'd say at five or six, 5.5. 5. Yeah. 5. There's, there's reason for concern. Is it, you know, I mean, obviously the free throws, that's, you know, it's, it's one thing to be bad at free throws to go 0 for 9. That's kind of that's in the head, right? Yep. That's that's in the head, and is that starting to sink into other parts of his game? Are teams finally figuring out how to play an Ethan Hap? Um, yeah, I don't know. Those aren't answers. So there's a little bit of yeah, concern. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Not a lot of answers, but I don't think it's too far to write the ship before the, uh, the end of the season. Yeah. Strangely enough, it seems like it all comes down to that first free throw. For mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. it goes in, he's gonna shoot like I don't, not great, but like sixty percent. He'll make some free throws. Right. If that first one doesn't go in, it's like he just starts his mind just starts racing, um, which happens to me. But <laughs> I didn't make it past JV basketball, you know. Right. Uh, so 
I don't know. It, that that is that is worrying. Uh, he just seemed a little bit out of it, and I was kind of, you know, as I was kind of coming up with Casey's excuses, I was going to start asking if he's hurt or something, having some nagging injuries. I was ready to kind of, you know, broach that subject. Um, but I, I mentioned earlier that this is the second time uh, he's been held under ten points by Illinois. So maybe it's just what. Uh, Illinois, we talked about the tough matchup against Michigan State. Maybe the uh, I can't pronounce the guy's names. <laughs> the guy's name, uh, the big man on uh, Illinois. Even though I watched that game. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. Do it. Uh, maybe guy. he just bothers him enough. Uh, he forced a couple of turnovers from from Ethan. Uh, again, maybe it's just a bad matchup. I don't know. Maybe I'm making excuses. As it sounds like I am. Uh, I'm probably. I'm gonna. Be a little bit lower. I'm gonna go four. I'm not hitting the button as I mix metaphors. Yeah, uh, but it's definitely starting worrying me, and we'll have to see. You know, the next game uh, or going for uh, going forward, if he can kind of snap out of this funk or lull that he is in, and kind of kind of turn around uh, his season against Northwestern. I don't think he's gonna be facing the type of defenders that he and the size that he has in these past two games. So hopefully, he can get back on track there and make a GD free throw. Um. It's a you know family friendly podcast, so I had to censor myself. <laughs> censor myself there. Yeah. So All right. yeah, Hap struggled, but uh, I guess encouragingly, uh, others stepped up in this game, and I guess I'd like to start there talking about the play mm-hmm. of Iverson. Yeah, uh, Iverson. Out, go ahead. I can't say this. Uh, he's athletic. He is. Yeah, confirmed. Confirmed uh, athletic. Here, uh, here first. Confirmed athletic. Uh, stat line finished with 16 points, uh, nine rebounds, uh, one huge putback dunk right at the end of the half, a huge block with a minute and a half left, and another huge steal. Those were all in the stat line. I, I don't I don't make this up, Marlo. It's what it says on the internet. It's all, all right there. All those three huge plays. Um, really, I mean, momentum, kind of almost game-swinging plays. Obviously, the, the block and steal happening towards the end of the game the last minute and a half but that dunk seat at the end of the half seemed like a oh, almost a wake-up call uh to the team yeah really got the crowd back into it uh they were coming it started a i think a 14-2 run that continued on through the the second the beginning of the second half yeah and it just seems like when iverson plays with that energy Consistently, because he's got a couple of games where it's either in the first half or the second half, but mm-hmm. he really put a, a, a whole game together in as far as playing with that energy and and staying a part of the offense. Um, it, it really looks like a different, a kind of a different team out there. Um, he's one of those role players that it's nice to see him really step up and and show what he can really do. Yeah, definitely. And it, like you said, this was a, a game he put uh, was able to put together a whole game. Uh, performing at that level, uh, carrying the way or leading the way, excuse me, in the scoring sheet was Davison with 18 points, uh, some pretty big free throws down the end, and a uh, nice little I don't know stop and pop, would you call it? Uh, yeah. Towards the end of the game, uh, when the defender sagged off of him, scoring a couple baskets. Trice hit a, a one towards the end too. So, kind of as we look back to the struggles against Michigan State. Davison and Trice were able to kind of create their shots or at least draw contact to get to the line uh, and execute down the stretch. Um, as I mentioned, Davison finishing with 18 points. Uh, and then I guess another player I want to mention, uh, Pritzel, while only scoring six points, uh, which is about uh, about average for him, he did lead the team with 10 rebounds, so getting it done on the boards. Uh, Brevin was uh, again making up for Haps' uh, struggles as he only had three points, uh, three rebounds, excuse me, in the game. Uh, I think most notably, though, Marlo, uh, we talk about Haps' struggles, but I, uh, I think the most notable thing was his lack of presence on the floor mm. <laughs> at the end of the half. Yeah, uh, and are we witnessing a change of guard? In our strategy in the end of games. <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you did there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was wondering. I I couldn't tell if this was one of those. One of those. Oh, he's having a bad game. Let's let, let's just keep him out. Yeah. Or or hey, it's a close game. Free throws might actually lose the game for us. We're going to keep him out. Mm-hmm. But either way, you know, I believe it was a good decision. Uh, to kind of keep him out down the stretch. 
Illinois, Illinois is a in-your-face, close-up guarding team as it is. Yep. And it seemed like this game they were letting them get away with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, having just having a foul hap, that could have been a very easy strategy to uh, to go away with. So they needed, I mean, they needed more, I mean, guard, he is a ball handler, but they needed more shooters out there and it's reliable free throw shooters. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, if it was a Haps having a bad game, Iverson's having a good game, combination of those things. Iverson was yeah. hitting some free throws. He finished six of eight from the line. Uh, I don't know if it was just a one-time thing or a legit strategy of we can't have Hap in there. We can't run our offense through him because of the fouls, yep. uh, because of the way that teams can almost... It's not it's not so much that there's necessarily a hack a hap, which obviously is is a possibility, but I think it's more so they can just single team him, yep. which clogs our offense, and then when he goes up to shoot, they can hack which is I guess hack a hap, but it's different than just like falling him the second he touches the ball. I mean I'm trying yep. to differentiate there. So with them being able to single defend uh defend him with one defender and then generate that foul later in the game, it really slows down the offense. That's what we saw against Michigan State. Um, and not having them out there obviously prevents that from happen. happening, allows uh, space, better spacing on the floor, and allows uh, the lanes to be uh, open for the drives that Davison and Trice had. So it, maybe it's just that it worked this game, and maybe it was because Hap was struggling and Iverson was better, but it'll be interesting to see if this is the tactic uh, that guard uses going forward down the stretch because against you know Michigan State and a couple closer games earlier in the season when Hap's out there it's been uh, pretty tough sledding on the offensive end so that leaves us Marlo after 15 Big Ten games at 10 and 5 we are tied with Maryland for fourth place um <laughs> I uh, got a, uh, I guess Iowa is uh, below us. Freaking Iowa. We'll talk about them more in a little bit. Um, at 9-5, and five, so they have a game in hand. Um, as we mentioned earlier, it looks like we're out of that Big Ten title race uh, with Michigan. Michigan State at 12-3, and three, Purdue at 11-3 with a game in hand. Um, I guess it's battling for that fourth top four, get back to the top four like the Bo Ryan days. <laughs> That's what we're... they kept saying. That, yeah, that Wisconsin never finished below fourth. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's yeah, I guess that's the goal is you know, finish as high as you can. That would looks like to be that fourth phase. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd have to, I have to look up. I think Michigan and Michigan State play each other twice yet. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Purdue has a couple tough games, so it, there's a chance that some some of them drop, but. That said, somebody has to win those games. <laughs> so right. uh, some some tough matchups there. Um, Purdue has a pretty easy remaining schedule. So, so they have. I guess they have a chance to win it. Uh, Wisconsin, I think fourth place would be if we could sneak in a third. That'd be wonderful, but that would require something uh, pretty pretty, pretty bad to happen to, to one of the pretty teams magical. ahead of us. I think. Pretty magical. I mean, all in all, we're at a better position. Than we were last year. Oh sure, oh for sure. Yeah, better position than we were last year. You can keep keep the momentum, keep the momentum going. Win these last like win the last few games, and uh, go into the Big Ten tournament with some you know momentum. And maybe maybe something crazy will happen. Yeah, like yeah. we'll make it to a semifinal. Like we go to the Big Ten tournament. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I think that's kind of where uh, at least I'm. Continuing my uh, expectations, and perhaps you are, and other Badger fans are readjusting them. Um, but at ten and five in this this challenging of a Big Ten uh, this year, I think is all right so far. I will I will take it. I'll obviously want to do better. Terrified we'll do worse <laughs> going forward. But <laughs> here we are, uh, Marlon. Next week, this week, uh, we have one game left as we had uh, one of the two tonight against uh, Northwestern on Saturday. It's at Northwestern, which. Uh, I guess historically, at least in my memory, is a tough place for us to go play. Northwestern having a struggle of a year, uh, sitting at twelve and three overall, three and eleven in the Big Ten. But that doesn't always seem to matter when it's Wisconsin at Northwestern in either of the two sports we tend to talk about most. Yeah, throw the record books out. It's Wisconsin Northwestern. Sometimes you never know what you're going to get. 
Uh, Northwestern is it's been an up and down team this season, but it doesn't matter. We they they always find a way to kind of keep things close with, with Wisconsin, and it's annoying. Yeah, although their uh, arena is renovated now, right? So yes. maybe it's not as um, much of a different place to play than <laughs> let's just say <laughs> different place to play than other uh, Big Ten venues. Uh, so maybe we'll won't feel so uh, back in time as some we used to feel when not w- like when we would go there, like not that we would play, but we would go <laughs> cheer on the go cheer. Yeah. All right, I guess that's it for basketball. Uh, yeah. Should we go a little bit, a little walk around campus with some other yeah. Badger sports? A little walk around campus, Marlo. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, ESPN released there too early, but is it too early, Marlo? Is it ever too early for, for college rankings uh, for the 2019 season? Uh, and I guess I just wanted to get your take on that. You have to scroll quite a ways in this document to get to Wisconsin. We are checking in at a healthy 21st in the country um, behind the likes of uh, Northwestern. I guess they had a better year than us last year, but let's not remember that. Yeah. Uh, Penn State, some other of the top uh, half of the Big Ten. So 21st uh, in this article with a lot of spelling errors, at least in the <laughs> section. It's a little tough to read. Um, so how do you feel about that, Marlo? Is that is that encouraging to you? As we're at this point in the middle of winter and looking towards the fall, or does that have you a little worried? No, this is, I love this. I love the like mid, like upper 20s and the mid teens for preseason rankings. That is where we thrive. If we go, you know, go back to last year, we're, I don't know where we were at the too early. I don't think we were as high as we were right before the season. Yeah. I know, but we were top 10 for sure, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that that was nice, but I think. If we learned one thing, we learned many things last season. But the other thing is we don't want to start with high expectations. We want to start in the middle and creep up on people and then end the year on a high note. Because going the other way sucks. High expectations only leads to disappointment. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I was kind of before I opened this and, and looked at it, I was expecting high teens. And I guess low 20s isn't far off, but... Um, about where I was expecting uh, Wisconsin to be with, uh, I'd say, uh, kind of like you referenced, with where they're with some possible upside, whereas, (laughs) you know, when you're ranked higher in the top 10, there's really no upside, only downside. So uh, I guess we'll take it. Um, And I just wanted to insert a little football. Maybe I'm missing a little football these days. A little bit. A little Uh, bit. I. Yeah, but yeah I were... think they stole some of our takes with the um, Hornybrook, Jack Cohen, and Graham Mertz quarterback yeah. battle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that would be see, But it looks like he's off. working out, so that's or Hornybrook is working out. So Yeah, he seems to be healthy, uh, obviously, with that concussion history and with his uh, play history, <laughs> well, he's actually played. Uh, that is, uh, is it a good thing he's coming back? We will see. Um, and as we talk about walking around campus, if you were doing that now, you might see Graham Mertz. Uh, as you mentioned, he is enrolled and will be practicing in the spring. So that is exciting uh, to see. Uh, all right, that's probably enough football. Marla, let's talk about actual games that happened uh, in men's hockey. Uh, they faced Notre Dame over the weekend, splitting that series, winning one game, dropping one game. Next weekend, they are at Penn State, and then only a series against Michigan left, and then the regular season is over. So we're coming up, Marlo. It's sneaking up on us, these conference tournaments and um, season-ending tournaments. So it's here already. I can't believe it. And then we got uh, women's hockey uh, continuing their winning ways, winning both games or Minnesota Duluth. Uh, on their end, they only have a series against Ohio State left in their regular season. Uh, big week in women's volleyball, uh, Marlo, earlier in the week. Basketball. Women's basketball. Did I say volleyball? My yep. bad. Women's <laughs> basketball <laughs> earlier in the week. Uh, they defeated uh, 24 ranked Michigan State, which is the first time that they defeated a, uh, a ranked team since 2000. And three. 
Um, right. 2013, excuse me. Oh, <laughs> First time oh, since okay. 2013, beating Michigan State 79 uh, to 62. They followed that up with a tough loss at Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State pulled to Wisconsin and didn't score in the last four minutes and 14 seconds, which <laughs> allowed uh, <clears throat> allowed the uh, Lady Badgers to pull back in, but they did fall two points short of that comeback attempt. Uh, but nonetheless, an exciting weekend for uh, the women's basketball team. Uh, that will do it, Marlon, for our walk around campus uh but before we move on to the professional ranks i think there's some other college basketball we wanted to talk about yeah there is some other college basketball um i think we talked a little bit about wisconsin uh and michigan state down the stretch yep um we had some lively discussion on that and they had duke louisville was on the same day Mm -hmm. and Louisville was Louisville was up. They were up pretty. They were up pretty good until they weren't. <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I guess depending on your viewpoint, uh, the one of the biggest collapse uh, or one of the biggest uh, comebacks in, uh, in quite some time. Uh, Louisville was up uh, pretty comfortably late into the uh, second half of that game. Duke put on the press, and with the athletes that they have, uh, were able to really, really scramble Louisville. And Louisville looked like they were just deer in headlights, scared to be there. Um, and Duke came charging back, and now have retaken the number one team uh, ranking in the country, Marlowe. So, as yeah. we mentioned last week, yeah. does it all matter? Because in the end, will Duke just Doesn't matter? It yeah, because this was the game where Duke was—they just like, okay, we're going to start playing now, and let's let's win. And if they can, if, you know, if they can do that, it's just I don't know. I don't know what's going to stop because it's like even they had a bad three quarters of a game, like yep. really bad, and we're still able to pull it off against yeah. a Louisville team that's not. I mean, it's not like Louisville is a pushover. They're a pretty yep. decent team. Yep. Um, and it was at Louisville. Yeah, um, it was on top of that. So yeah, yeah. I just see some amazing. It was one of those games where I wasn't really tuned in in the beginning, and I saw the, the big lead, and I was like, well, I guess Duke's going to lose this one. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, I kind of like chip in in the, in the last few minutes, like, what what just happened? Yeah, the I think that Duke coming back in this game, I was, I was thinking about this, uh, actually makes me think they're going to win the title more than the wins over Virginia. And here's why. Right. Uh, what... In this kind of one-and-done era in Duke, or maybe one-and-done era in college basketball in general, but I'm going to talk about Duke specifically, when they haven't done well, it's because their freshmen just kind of check out. They're mm-hmm. good players just kind of check out when they're down or things aren't going their way. Um, think back to your boy Jabari Parker with their early exit. You know That was yep. kind of the way the teams went, but this team did not do that. A little with, foreshadowing. You know, led by their you know top three recruits in this class. They didn't do that. They uh, buckled down, turned up the pressure, and came back and won this game. I think I mean Louisville went a long way to help them win it with their play. And uh, I think my comment after this game was, "Thank goodness we didn't have the worst last four minutes today uh, <laughs> in college basketball because uh, yep. Louisville definitely had a worse four or five minutes or whatever it was." Um, but yeah, God, I, I was I was so ready to say we jinx Duke, and you yeah. know that maybe this isn't their year, and now I have to praise it, which is you know like. Yeah. We should, uh, uh, we just, yeah, we'll so, keep doubling down. It's Duke's year. Duke's, Duke's going to win. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe that'll do the double drinks. <laughs> there we go. Double drinks. <laughs> uh, speaking of people whose year it's not, Marlo, uh, mm-hmm. Tim Miles, a head coach for now of uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, Nebraska uh, came into the year with pretty high expectations. They finished in the top five last year in the Big Ten, was returning, I think, like something like 80% of their scores. But it has not gone their way. Their leading scorer got hurt, and <laughs> they squeaked out a victory over Minnesota over the week. And Tim Miles uh, went into uh, dad joke mode and lost his mind and uh, asked the reporter, if you haven't seen this, try and Google it, uh, Tim Miles hump day. Uh, asked the reporter what day it was, and the reporter's like, I think it's Wednesday. And he says he's as happy as a camel on a hump day and just <laughs> giggles and loses his mind. It's fantastic. Yeah, I don't know best or worst post game interview that first ten <laughs> seconds. I yeah. think I watched it three times before. I was like, "What is going on?" I feel like Tim. You know, I know he hadn't won in a little bit, so he's yeah. he's, he's a little bit a giddy. Stretch. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit giddy. But if you took that out of context, you might think he was on something because <laughs> he looked yeah. like he was having a really good time. Yeah, I think it, to me it was more one of those. 
if I if I don't laugh, I'm gonna cry because the season's <laughs> gone for him. Uh, it's maybe a little bit harsh, but uh, it was uh, quite a sight. And um, you know, I like poking fun at Tim Miles every once in a while. And for it seems like he won't be around for me to do that much longer. Um, Might as well get it in now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess elsewhere in college basketball, Marlo, yeah, this uh, almost as much as praising Duke uh, sickens me to my stomach. Was Iowa having a horseshoe up his butt? Their collective butts, I guess, and hitting back-to-back buzzer beaters to win. First, they had the uh, Northwestern collapse uh, where they came back, and uh, it was something like 16 points in a minute, something crazy, uh, with Bohannon hitting a three-pointer. And then even more miraculously, at Rutgers, who I was ready, again, I was ready to come on the podcast and be like, remember when we said Rutgers was sneaky? Ha, ha, ha. Uh, (laughs) Rutgers made a three-pointer to go up uh, with uh, four seconds left. They didn't put a guy on the inbounder, Marlowe. Rutgers did not put a guy on the inbounder to distract his vision. He threw a cross-court pass that was tipped, caught in the corner, and banked in for the win. It yeah. was, ugh. I, w- <laughs> it was, I was really upset uh, as I watched this, and then I was like, it's an Iowa-Rutgers game. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> He's just getting all heated. But yeah. the bank, the bank corner, the corner shot bank, I don't know if someone put out there the uh, the percentage for that to go in. That was pretty crazy. It was it was uh, crazy, and I, the fact that it, it was tipped it had to go there. He had to catch it and get it off in time, and he got it off with like half a second left. But that's still not easy to do, and to have it bank in, ugh, just so lucky, stupid Iowa, so lucky. Yeah, um, that's my lucky, expert analysis lucky on that. Stupid Iowa, so lucky. Stupid Iowa. <laughs> when will your luck run out? And yeah. you have a stupid run to the yeah, tournament yeah. We got them coming up so hopefully by the time wisconsin plays iowa um all right that's that's all i got in college basketball oh i forgot to mention marlo in uh yeah. uh in our duke segment uh i don't know if lebron james goes out of his way to get asked these questions but he is seen <laughs> in the press mm-hmm. lauding duke's zion williamson's game once again yeah tampering away tampering the process zion's zion's gonna be on the lakers He's going to find his way to the Lakers. So the the Lakers are now favored to not make the playoffs. For them to make the playoffs, it's like plus 125, minus 140 for them to miss something like that. So they're favored. They're currently in the 10th spot in the West uh, behind the Kings and Clippers, who are ahead (laughs) of them. Um, And if they don't make the playoffs, I think they get like a lottery ball. They get some lottery balls then, right? Yeah, it's, uh, they get something. Um, if they, if they but they'll. But either way, like LeBron will just trade away the rest of the team for the number to one get, pick to get for them. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody's trading away that number <laughs> one pick to get Zion, uh, for Zion, but it, with an opportunity to get Zion. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but God, if the Lakers win that, that's going to be a bigger, uh, bigger conspiracy theory than the Patrick Ewing in New York, which is oh, sure. still, still uh, the big one, I think. And, and even then, the LeBron going to the Cavs. I mean, that's an under under talked one because of the Cavaliers, not a big uh, a big market necessarily, but you know the hometown that storyline. And then they get anyway. All right, we don't need to get into lottery. All right, all right. Of, speaking, speaking of LeBron, give it a LeBron team, LeBron. <laughs> yeah, Casey, we had the uh, NBA All Star Weekend. Yeah, star studded. So fun. always look forward to exciting. Yeah. All Star Weekend, yeah, Marlo. I yeah, so watched a lot of a lot of the coverage. I'd say, and I don't know if it was just me, but man, were they trying to sell me on how much fun everybody was having? <laughs> the reporters, the players, uh, the broadcasters. You know, everyone just look how much fun we're having. We can't stop smiling. So I, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm trying to figure this out, Marlo. Maybe you can help me. Yep. Are they really having that much fun? Is this experience for them really that much fun or are they just trying to convince me as a fan that this is fun so that I think it's fun so that I'll watch <laughs> I think yeah I think they're just trying to convince you that it's it's super fun um, but I mean you think about it maybe you know maybe it is really fun to like be a millionaire and really athletic and you just get to play around on a basketball court uh, yeah for you know a weekend and then go afterwards get to go out with all your other millionaire friends yeah. So I don't know because I haven't lived that life. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're pretty close. Yeah, pretty. We're, we're pretty close. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I guess it's it's probably fun to kind of button down a little bit and uh, hang out, do silly competitions and things. Uh, but it just, it just as a viewer, yeah, it seems, seems so kind of forced. It seems a little forced, a little over the top, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the whole weekend. Um, so I watched a little bit of the festivities. Um, it, you know, the Bucks were kind of predominantly involved in it, obviously, with Giannis being one of the um, captains for for the game. Uh, team Giannis versus Team LeBron. Uh, and I remember, it's, was this the second or third year that they've done the teams? It's been a couple of years now. Yeah. How do you feel about the teams? Because I love this the our teams. first rodeo. You love, you love, I love the, the you love the draft. I love the draft. I think it's it's very interesting. It created more storylines. Again, trying to solve some of the fun, you know. Oh, so and so got picked over by this person, and all the this is the first time they televised the pick, which yes, which is weird, but that also Um, was awkward. But I could not, I could not believe how in. I think it was just because it was a a Bucks player who was, uh, it was his team and he was the captain. But I was like. Not to the extent that I would be for a normal Bucks game, but I was like stressed when the Team LeBron was coming back and Team Giannis was just kind of banking everything, uh, banking, bricking everything, and I was like emotionally invested in Team Giannis way more than I thought I was ever going to be, uh, and and everyone let Giannis and me down because Giannis came to ball. Chris Middleton came to ball. The Bucks were there. They were the only thing good about uh, Team Giannis and. Seth, Seth Curry, uh, Russell Westbrook, Joel Embiid, everyone else, you guys let Giannis down, and I'm very disappointed in all of you. <laughs> I saw something crazy, like Steph, uh, Westbrook, and Embiid were like 6 for 37 from 3. Something crazy like that. Jesus. Like, it isn't like it's, it's a contested <laughs> 3. These are <laughs> wide open. Anybody <laughs> can, oh, it's so they were up like... They are by 20-some. Yeah, twenty at some point up like low double digits at half. And but just... yeah, but you knew Team LeBron's gonna win because at the end of the day, like LeBron's the guy at the Y that tries really hard. You know, he's he's just gonna try and win. Yeah, Deal. I felt like Team Giannis was just kind of like that's. I think they thought that too. Like this is how it's gonna go. LeBron's <laughs> gonna win in the end because that's how this works. Yeah, and instead of actually trying to win the basketball game. <sighs> yeah, I just feel I just but... feel that down. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a good thing Kevin Durant was there to carry LeBron on his back and win that game for him, <laughs> get the MVP. Yeah, and, and really even though go out there, even though Giannis had uh, thirty eight points yeah. <laughs> on seventeen twenty three and had the play of the game with Steph Curry's uh, bounce pass or dribble dribble pass alley oop, which was which was fantastic, yeah. uh, the highlight of the game um, for me. Oh, it was right, Kimba so we, Walker. Kimba Walker was 0 for 5. That's the Yeah, Kimba Walker trying, yeah, trying too hard because he was trying to win a VP in his hometown, but or his home team, I should say, but didn't work yeah. out for him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. But that was, the, that was the game. Did you watch the Saturday night uh, skills challenges at all? I, I tried to watch the, the skills challenge. It was not entertaining to me, <laughs> uh, and I had some other things going on. Um, and then I just, I totally missed the dunk contest, and then I went back to like watch highlights, and honestly, just uh, I don't know. It's not a thing. It's not a thing anymore to me. Okay, and I don't I don't know yeah. when that happened. Yeah, so they always start the primer with the skills challenge, which is just stupid. It's dumb. It's like dribbling around cones, bounce pass, whatever. And then yeah. t- uh, Tatum ended up winning. So you know, congrats, Boston won another championship two weeks mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Um, Three point contest. Actually, three point contest is pretty nice. If it was, I mean, people could just shoot. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see the shoot. They had all all the Curries out there. <laughs> they had Steph. Dell was going to come down. Yeah, Dell came down, shot Ray Allen, and all that good stuff. And then comes the dunk contest, which I don't know why I get tricked every year that the dunk contest. This is going to be the dunk contest where the dunk contest is back. Yeah. When I don't know any of these kids, there's no superstars, and there's really, I mean. I don't know. Maybe it's just a thing that there's no dunks left to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the the one dunk that got all the pub, I guess, uh, was I don't know how you put it, Dilo on Oklahoma City jumping over Shaq, yeah. putting his arm in the rim, which is cool because now you're combining a prop and a old dunk instead of just mm-hmm. doing an old dunk. But 
the dunk contest in the totality, it is it should be canceled. It's done. It's over. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. not. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work anymore. And I don't know how to fix it because I don't have the answer to fix it. None of you have to get superstars to get back, but I don't know how you incentivize superstars to get back because now everyone just dumps on the dunk contest like myself. Yeah. So no superstar in this day wants to get dumped on for any reason. So you just got these kids who want some sort of limelight. God, we sound old. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm there. I'm there with you. Uh, obviously, I'm gonna be the one who doesn't like uh, new things and young kids doing stuff. <laughs> it just, yeah. It, I don't know. I don't. Know. Some, the, some of the gleam has gone off of it. Uh, maybe it's the format. I don't know. And maybe it's. It's weird because like the best dunk could be the first dunk that somebody does. Right. There were some yep. really nice early dunks um, that I thought were really cool and better than what ends up quote unquote winning in the last round. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's weird. And maybe that's just their, you know, how they program their dunks. That you know maybe you should save the really right. good one to the end. I don't know, but it's just kind of it's just kind of weird. Um, yeah. All right. All Star Weekend. We didn't have as weekend. much. We didn't have as much fun as the players or the reporters or the broadcasters. But yeah. But but next year, 2020, it's in Chicago. All right. Fine. <laughs> Fine. So I'm going to get excited again we'll see, just, we'll see just to come on here and yell about how awful yeah. it was. Yeah. It, but it'll be but it's going to be real cool when, when Zion's winning, winning a dunk contest winning the dunk with con- the Bulls jersey on. If Zion is in the dunk contest, it'll be back. <laughs> okay. You heard it here first. And Giannis, Giannis after said that he was going to do it next year. Well... Okay, if Giannis does it, it's always I, th- I feel like it's always harder for tall guys. Yeah, oh for sure. I mean, you had the you had the couple years of of Dwight Howard, um, yeah. and he's the one that really brought like the asterisks back to it with the Superman and all that good stuff. Yeah, but I think you know Giannis, he's like lengthy enough to make it interesting. I think. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I think I think so. I- and I think Shaq with afterwards was like, he's too tall. <laughs> like, that was, that's what we are. <laughs> Dude, he's too, too tall. tall. He's too Moving tall. on. Uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, so, Marlon, what, uh, what are you – so now we start – I guess it's not the second half. We're like what, three quarters of the way through the season. Right. The stretch run, whatever the heck the NBA calls this, the remainder of the season. Uh, what are you expecting out of the Bulls? Kate? Yeah. So I'm expecting the Bulls to continue their quest for Zion Williams at number one pick. <laughs> Uh, they're trending in the wrong direction. They're actually Ooh. sitting in the fourth spot. Oh, that's not the one you want. No, you want to be in the top three. So yeah. I'm looking at this. This is uh, tankathon.com. They have yeah. the current odds for the picks, and Chicago's at 12.5% for the number one pick. Yeah. Um, and then the teams above them, Phoenix, New York, Cleveland, are at 14. But I think mm. we're only a game back um, from getting into that 14%. Yeah, uh, top three. So, yeah, we still there's still some time. There's still some time and work to be done, and there's plenty of time to sit players. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, that sounds like an exciting. Yeah. Uh, Can't final wait stretch for, for 2019 draft. That'll be fun. For at least when they're uh, the ping pong ball draw or whatever it is, uh, as they reveal that, which they always try to make so suspenseful, and then it's just like dudes turning over the. <laughs> Yes. We gotta introduce introduce everyone's special person. Yeah. At every little, team. Here's their your little good luck. good luck charm. Yeah. That they have. Uh all right. Well I guess on the opposite end, Marlo, uh the Bucks I'm expecting to win some games. Uh coming down the stretch. It'll be very interesting to see uh if they can hold on to that one seed. I think they're one game up over uh Toronto, which is a pretty uh a closer lead than I, I had hoped. Uh, coming into into All Star Weekend, but I can't complain. Obviously, with the best record in the NBA, um, I'm. I think. Oh, go ahead. I think that I, I heard in somebody mention uh, how this the Bucks kind of remind them of the Hawks the year they had the one seed when they were had like yeah. a sixty win regular season. Yeah. Um, and that kind of. Caused me to pump the brakes on my expectations a little bit. That maybe Bud system and this team is just a great regular season team, kind of like Toronto has been in recent years. Um, because when we watch the Bucks, they talk about their you can talk about their depth and kind of their rotating lineups and things like that. All things that work really great in the regular season and keep guys fresh and keep you winning games in the regular season. But does that really work in the postseason? 
and kind of thinking back to Bud's years in Atlanta. I mean, not that I remember them that greatly, but I do remember kind of the great regular season team then uh, not really having enough in the playoffs uh, to to get far. However, however, <laughs> I think uh, the difference is Giannis. That Giannis, it, those teams, what, Al Horford was the best player, who's a very good player, yeah. but he's not like an MVP caliber player. And Giannis, uh, if he has another gear to go to, can be the difference between this just being a regular, a good regular season team and kind of turning on the Jets and being a real uh, finals contender. Yeah, I feel like the Bucks are they're a little better than that. I've seen teams, I've seen Bulls teams that have been like have won the regular season. Um and then obviously, you know, get beat yeah. out by LeBron or something. But yeah, yeah I like feel the like, Jimmy Butler years where you're like you you grind it out every night. Right. And I think the Bucks aren't really they're not really that they're not they're not that they're not like Atlanta. Like they have they have some I mean they have Giannis as a superstar. Yeah. Um, they have some other nice pieces around it. Like that Atlanta year was just a, like a bunch of players playing above above their level. Um, I think, yeah, but I feel like the Bucks can really make a run because they're not, you know, it's not like they're grinding out every game. It's not like they're, you know, trying. I hate to say that, but this is the way NBA is a regular season, but like really trying every game. Right. Um, and, when, you know, be it's just, it will be interesting to see when come playoff time. Can they do they have do, do enough players on the team have that other level that playoff level uh, to really make that make that jump? Yeah, and I think the thing that uh, concerns me also is that Marcus Saul is fitting in much better with Toronto than I had expected him to. Yeah, granted, it's still early. Small sample that, size, but um, that has me a little bit more worried. So. I guess that kind of leads us into our other storylines. What else will you be following, Marlo, uh, down the stretch in the NBA, if anything? Man, I cannot keep your eyes on Zion. Yeah, I'm keeping my eyes on Zion, but I cannot not see you know this train wreck that's happening in New Orleans and in AD. I know we've talked about it before, but it just keeps getting better and better. Um, Now, now he's open to all 29 teams. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, so hot seat Milwaukee. You might not get him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, that. that. that whole thing is so fascinating. Yeah, uh, the general manager was was relieved of his duties. Um, last week, this week, last week, he was relieved yeah, recently week, of his duties, yep. which I guess I'm a little confused by. Uh, I thought, I think we both kind of came away from that going, that wasn't a great offer, and you didn't need to trade him. Yeah. So you know. And if they're opening it up now to 29 teams to compete for Anthony Davis, that seems like a much stronger position to be in than everybody just kind of going, well, you should trade him to the Lakers. <laughs> uh, so I, to me, it seems like they're in a better position going forward. I mean, obviously, they're in a worse position as far as selling tickets for the rest of the year. Um, but that seems rather short-sighted if that's what you're you're worried about. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. I, I saw they got blown out um, in – Anthony Davis, it was like the first game after the trade deadline, yep. and Anthony Davis kind of went to the media and was like, "We didn't, we didn't want to play tonight." <laughs> I wonder why that was. <laughs> I wonder why none of your teammates wanted to play that night. And in the game, he had like three points. He was like one for eleven or something with three points. So I was like, "Oh, your teammates didn't want to play." Is that what it was? Uh, gotcha. Yeah, that will definitely be uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, you you got anything you're you got anything you're watching out for? I mean, out. I think will the Lakers make the playoffs? They're mm. kind of the other end of this, right? Mm-hmm. The other end of this trade that didn't happen. Because um, I think it'd be so funny if they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> just out of my my spiteful cheering, um, I will <laughs> I'll root for that not to happen. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, they have the Clippers and Kings uh, ahead of them, which I don't know how that will last when LeBron, you know, gets recommitted to this season as the playoffs get closer. Um, I'll, I'll follow that. Uh, but that's you know, it's other than that, it's it's bucks for me. Um, and kind of keeping an eye on the other uh, top of the uh, table, uh, Eastern Conference teams. I'm really hoping that uh, the Pacers hold on to the th- three seed because if they hold on to the three seed, then it's Boston, Philadelphia, and four or five, and that would be an awesome first round series. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm rooting for that too. But uh, it, the Pacers are one of those regular season teams, right? They have a style. Yep. They grind out games. Um, they, you know, 
force teams to play kind of their style, but does that work in a playoff series? Probably not. But maybe even without Victor Oladipo, they can get enough wins to keep that three seed. Uh, and that's another thing I'm keeping my eye on because got to be so fun, Boston, Philadelphia in round one. Are you kidding me? Uh, all right. That's you kidding me? <laughs> that's, a, that's enough NBA talk. I think. All right. Well, anything NBA, else? Anything NBA else talk. on your... No, no, that's it. That's it for the NBA. Uh, but, right. you know, I have been gearing up for this all week. <laughs> yeah. This is America's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. Yeah. What do we got for him, Casey? All right. Well, first, Marlo, we'll start with another Valentine's Day story. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why you would have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but your boy from the World Cup winning uh, French team, Blaise Matuidi, uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day Tweedy. Tweeted out uh, a picture of him and his it was what him and his wife, uh, but it was a screen capture and essentially he Googled Matweedy wife, took a screen capture of the first picture that came up or one of the pictures and tweeted that out and put some you know I love my wife kind of comment to it. <laughs> he didn't have his own picture of her. He had a picture uh, of uh, he had to go to Google to get it. Fantastic. Oh Very man! Fantastic. Classic. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, on the field, Marlo, I, I kind of talked this up quite a bit um, during the week. Champions League round of 16 is here. Uh, we had some results in the midweek. Uh, I guess the most surprising one, at least to me, was uh, Tottenham with a 3-0 to victory um, during the week <clears throat> against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, that was kind of the, the matchup I had circled to be the most interesting. I did not expect this result. That was uh, pretty exciting for the English squad to have the victory over the French club leaders. The other big result was PSG uh, essentially dominating uh, Manchester United 2-0. Uh, those were two uh, the two big results last week. Other ones happened. Real Madrid won, whatever. Um, not, not important. Uh, this week... We have uh, Liverpool tomorrow, actually, so or today, if you're hearing this on Tuesday. Uh, the big matchup, uh, I think overall, but at least for me, is Liverpool and Bayern. Uh, Bayern is in Liverpool. Uh, if Liverpool hopes to advance out of this tie, they need a good result, uh, I think a win uh, here uh, before returning to Munich uh, for the other part of the tie. Uh, and then Barcelona-Lyon is the other game tomorrow. And then Wednesday is headlined by Juventus and Atletico Madrid. So Champions League, everyone, let's root on the Reds tomorrow uh, against Bayern, uh, 2 o'clock Central on whatever TNT or Bleacher Reporter, whatever the heck their streaming service is. Um, yeah, those are the games next week and last week. Marl, that is the corner kick. Go Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Casey. Yeah. Uh, did you see this? Landon Donovan made his debut for this indoor soccer team. Yeah, he's out. He's out of retirement again. This yeah. guy just cannot stay retired. Um, so what's I, the equivalent? I, like, you get to indoor soccer. Is that like the old? Is that like the old man's league at the YMCA? I don't. I, I don't even know there's an indoor soccer league. Um, I didn't know what's still happening because I don't think the Milwaukee Wave are around anymore. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's I it's I guess it's better than going to China. You probably don't get as much money, but at least you get to live in the United States. Um I don't know. It's interesting. Lena Donovan is a very interesting dude. Um he you know came up and was at one point or maybe is the best uh, American soccer player uh, of all time. Um but never really got that kind of respect or publicity yeah. um it seemed like nobody ever really celebrated with him and he was always asked more questions uh and i think he took that very personally he's like he so he rose up to this fame from being a soccer player but he's a very like introverted and like uh self-critical person so he's, he's just if you like do any reading on him. He's a really interesting character um, and just wants to play soccer, I guess, wherever <laughs> yeah. people will let him play. Landon, listen, I have a 30-plus league here there in East Wisconsin. If you need to play, we play on Thursday nights. We could use you. 
Even with Landon, we'd still probably lose. We're not very good. But we return to action this Thursday, so watch out for that report on the next corner kick. I'm sure everybody's All right, marching towards the championship. That's right. All right, that's – I. you got anything else? I think that that is it for uh, this week. All right. Breeze podcast. <laughs> okay, that is all I have as well. Uh, so, to our fellow fans, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at 132Breeze. Follow myself at MarloJR. Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Casey, you got any last words for him? Uh, until next time, our fellow fans, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports.